Welcome back to Read This Next with Laura and Nicole from the Thunder Bay Public Library. Today we are doing a topic that, no, I was going to say that we've done before, but we haven't done this one before. Have we? We've, yeah, we've done adaptations before. I think so. I think so. Now you have me not sure because we did do, we did do like oh, we TV did. and movie recommendations, but I don't know that they were all adaptations. Yeah, there was because we talked. Yeah, I recall. So the topic obviously is adaptation <laughs> of uh, books that are being turned into or have been turned into movies or TV shows. So yes. Yeah. So um, I tried to do a mix of ones that are. Um, available either because we have it at the library on DVD, um, whether it's a movie or a TV show. And then there's also a couple that are available on various streaming services that are either like so new, some of them are so new that we don't have it. Mm -hmm. And frankly, some of those streaming services are not very accommodating and they don't put their, their stuff out on DVD at all because they want you to pay to subscribe to them. So I didn't want to have just those in case you don't have access to those screaming, streaming, screaming services, <laughs> streaming services. So it's a mixture, um, um, you know, so we'll let you know which ones are available that you can just come get them out from us. Mm -hmm. And either way, of course, we do have all of the books mentioned. Yes, which I mean, yes. as it should be. <laughs> As it should be. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I believe Laura is starting us off today, so I'll let you. Yes, you're quite correct. Okay. So this is a very, very new series. I think it might be like still putting out new episodes. Um, this book was a bestseller a couple of years ago when it came out, and it is it's a horror um, and it's also a mystery and it's also time travel. So why haven't I read it yet? I can't tell you. <laughs> it's certainly, past, yeah. It certainly sounds like something I would enjoy. Okay. Anyway, so here's the description of the book. It's called The Shining Girls. It's by Lauren Bukes. In Depression Era Chicago, Harper... Harper, Harper <laughs> Curtis, we're doing well so far. Give me one of those days. Talk. It is going to be one of those days. Okay. Harper Curtis finds a key to a house that opens on to other times, but it comes at a cost. He has to kill the shining girls, bright young women burning with potential. Curtis stalks them through their lives across different eras until in 1989, one of his victims, Kirby Mazraki, survives and starts hunting him back. Working with a former homicide reporter who's falling for her, Kirby races against time and reason to unravel an impossible mystery. Mm. Yes. And it's interesting because that's like the description of the book. But then if you watch the show or you see a trailer for the show, it's very focused on it's very focused on Kirby, that character. So it's funny that the book description starts with the murder mm -hmm. <laughs> and then goes to the victims and then the show I would suggest probably rightly puts the emphasis on the victim who's trying to fight back. Anyway, mm -hmm. sounds interesting. It does. Is the title the same on the, like, is the, is the book the same as the title of the show? It is. It's The Shining Girls. It's on Apple Plus, I think. And it stars Elizabeth Moss, that I know for sure. Oh, there you go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There you go. Huh. <laughs> There's our first wreck. Yeah, it sounds really good. All right. Our next one is a movie. And funnily enough, I included it, even though the, the thing that it's based on is a play. 
and it's a classic play. And see, we are we said this at the start that we have copies of all of the books. We don't actually have a copy of this play, but it's available for free because it's super old. Mm. So it's um, in open, like it's not under copyright anymore. And I will put a link in the show notes where you can read it online if you're interested. And it is, I'm going to, I'm going to like say this name totally wrong. I'm glad but... you got it and not me. <laughs> <laughs> Serrano. Serrano. Yeah. De Bergec. Sounds right. <laughs> sort of right. Um, so this is the immortal play in which chivalry and wit, bravery and love are forever captured in the timeless spirit of romance. Ooh, set in Louis XIII's reign, it is the moving and exciting drama of one of the finest swordsmen in France, gallant soldier, brilliant wit, tragic poet lover with the face of a clown. Oh. <laughs> Rothstein's extraordinary lyric powers gave birth to a universal hero. Whoops, I just dropped my jump my notes off the page <laughs> here we go uh and then the movie is an adaptation of a theater show the protagonist is infatuated with roxanne the most beautiful woman in paris who is in love with another man love feels out of reach for serrano who believes his appearance and class ranking will make his destiny a lonely one however he realizes he can use his poetic penmanship on christian's behalf to write declarations of love to roxanne allowing her to fall in love with his words with no preconceptions. so basically it's catfish the original story yeah it's also like catfish <laughs> mixed with moulin rouge because isn't that like the whole point bit. he's like i'm poor but i'm a really good author and then they literally yes. sing the song roxanne <laughs> they do they do i don't know if roxanne is the name in the original book or if that's a modern update mm -hmm. um but yeah so well-known tale obviously elements of that like that premise of getting to know someone through a barrier of the, the the distance of letters or online right which is what we see now yeah. <laughs> is yeah. not uncommon uh yeah and the the hero of this um is peter dinklage who you might oh. know from game of thrones yeah yeah so yeah. he is the lead in that movie and it's available to check out there you go there you Sounds go Sounds good um, and if you don't want to check our show notes, I'm pretty sure it's more than likely if you just search like Gutenberg, isn't that like the free yeah. library one? Yeah, you can get like anything that's out of copy right now if you just type in like Gutenberg free book. <laughs> Project Gutenberg named after the, the, the paper press. The press. Wow. Yes. History lesson for everybody. <laughs> Go look up the Gutenberg press. <laughs> Okay, uh, next one is yours. Okay, this one, I feel like I've definitely talked about MC Beaton before, I think on the episode we filmed, I filmed with Jesse, but I don't okay. think we talked about this series. So this is a Agatha Raisin, Raison, Raisin series. Um, oh. And it's based, uh, no, I'm reading this backwards uh do, 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 do. okay so i'll read the description of the book first so this is okay. the quiche of death <laughs> <laughs> uh putting all her eggs in one basket agatha raisin gives up oh no they pronounce it differently it's just raisin okay agatha raisin gives up her successful pr firm sells her london flat and samples a taste of early retirement in the quiet village of carsley 
Bored, lonely, and used to getting her way, she enters a local baking contest. Surely a blue ribbon for the best quiche will make her the toast of the town, but her recipe for social advancement sours when Judge Cummings Brown not only snubs her entry, but falls over dead. Okay. After her quiche's secret ingredient turns out to be poison, she must reveal the unsavory truth. <laughs> Agatha has never baked a thing in her life. In fact, she bought her entry ready-made from an upper-crust London quicherie. <laughs> oh, God. Grating uh -huh. on the nerves of several Carsley residents, she is soon receiving sinister notes. Has her cheating and meddling landed her in hot water, or are the threats related to the suspicious death? It may mean the difference between egg on her face and a coroner's tag on her toe. That sounds like it will be absolutely delightful to watch. And Doesn't read. that sound like fun? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Um, <laughs> that series is Cozy Mysteries. Mm -hmm. You can kind of tell because it has a very punny title, which is often characteristic of the genre. Yeah. Um, and I think there's been maybe three series and a Christmas special mm -hmm. um, done already in this. So if you enjoyed, there's more to dig into. And we do have that in our DVD collection. Yay. I do love the idea yeah. of... I. <laughs> so funny that like, she got it from the upper crust local quicherie i'm like is there a store in london that only sells quiche that's incredible i mean, I, I really enjoy the pun the quiche of death like, yeah, yeah. Uh, death. it's impressive you know like how long does it take these these authors to come up with them because somehow they keep finding new puns new mystery puns know. It is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our next one. Again, this is an author we have talked about before. And I think we've probably done one of these books before maybe as well. Okay. Um, but this is, again, another series. Also, again, British. Because what I... <laughs> One of the things I found when I was looking to see like what adaptations we had um, in our DVD collection is there, as it turns out, Thunder Bay um, library users love their British TV. They love it. They yeah. love it. So we have so many yeah. <laughs> of these of these like BBC adaptations. So we're that's that's why we're kind of heavy on those. <laughs> because hey, that's what's popular yeah yes okay so this series is called oh see my i apologize so much in advance for how much i'm butchering all these names i'm sorry daglish daglish so. daglish yeah Dal yeah. dalglish i'm not sure i'm not that's sure. the name of the show and it's based on um that the character of Adam Daglish, created by P.D. James. There's multiple seasons. The first season of the show is based on three of the novels, Shroud for a Nightingale, The Black Tower, and A Taste for Death. And Shroud for a Nightingale is the number four book in the series, but I get the impression that you can just kind of pick up. They don't, you don't necessarily have to read them in order. Oh, that's nice. Yes. Um, because otherwise they would presumably have done the first season of the show based on the first book. And they yeah. do not for whatever reason. So anyway, okay, so here's the, <laughs> here's the description of the book. I got there eventually. All right. 
the young woman of Nightingale House are there to learn to nurse and comfort the suffering. But when one of the students plays patient in a demonstration of nursing skills, she is, oh no, she is horribly, brutally killed. Goodness. Another student dies equally mysteriously, and it is up to Adam Daglish of Scotland Yard to unmask a killer who has decided to prescribe murder as the cure for all (laughs) ills. Good for them. I mean, that is the most effective way of ending an illness. (laughs) It's true. It's true, you know. Prescribe mm. murder. Uh, yeah, so again. A little prescription sheet that says murder <laughs> in really bad handwriting. Sure, yes. Yeah. And then you get it home and you're like, what does this say? <laughs> <laughs> um, another, mm. another mystery, another British mystery, uh, and another series so that if you enjoy, you've got some other ones that you can uh, check out as well. Mm-hmm. And of course, we have all the books in the series. Of course. Like mm-hmm. you said, very popular. Very <laughs> popular. Uh, okay, our next one, I really like the cover of this one. Okay, so this is The Last Duel, a true story of crime, scandal, and trial by combat in medieval France by Eric Jaeger, I want to say. Um, sure. It says soon to be a major motion picture. Oh, so, it is. Sorry, yeah. that description isn't accurate. It is a major motion picture. See, what's interesting is I have not heard, I think I heard of the the second one that we talked about, but I haven't heard of any of these being turned into, like, shows or anything, which I think is, is a product of, like, how wide TV shows are now. It is, like, the whole entertainment landscape is so fractured to mm-hmm. make it even more surprising that you haven't heard of this movie that came out a little while ago, like, long enough ago that we have it in DVD already. Mm. It stars huge name stars. It stars Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Uh, yeah. You're like, I don't care about them. But they're <laughs> that, big, they're, <laughs> they're still big name people. You yeah. think you would have heard about it just like in passing. But yes, it stars the two of them. And then the Jodie Cormer, who is in Killing Eve and mm-hmm. is so delightful in that series. So very strong. Yeah, very strong cast. Um, movies seem to not do great, but that may or may not be the movie's fault. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think people oh, also, we've talked about this before. Cinema. cinema. Yeah, yeah. Cinema? You... I was combining theater and cinema. It's the cinema. Apparently. So for those of you that are like me and don't know anything about this, let me tell you. Okay. Yes, sorry. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> the story of the duel to end all duels in medieval France, it as a resolute knight defends his wife's honor against the squire she accuses of a heinous crime. In the midst of the devastating Hundred Years' War between France and England, Jean de Carouge, a Norman knight fresh from combat in Scotland, returns home from yet another deadly threat. His wife, Marguerite, has accused Serge uh, Jacques de Gris of rape. A deadlocked court decrees a trial by combat between the two men that also leaves Marguerite's fate in the balance. For if her husband loses the duel, she'll be put to death as a false accuser. That's interesting law. Mm-hmm. Um, while enemy troops pillage the land and rebellion plagues, rebellion and plague threatens the life of all, Carouge and Legree meet in full armor on a walled field in Paris. What follows is a fierce duel, the final one sanctioned by governing powers before a massive crowd that includes the teenage King Charles IV, 
fourth? No, that yeah, that's fourth. Is it? I was, I'm not. I'm looking at you, not the description. So I okay, don't know. it says VI. I think that's that's six. That's six. Okay, if I it's IV, it would be four. Right. Okay. King Charles the sixth, <laughs> during which both combatants are wounded, but only one fatally. And that's all I'm going to read because the rest of the description is just like it's based on accurate information. So yes. very cool, right? And I I remember when this was like first announced. Some internet content i read where they were like i don't know how if i'm interested in this story because it sounds like it really centers the men so much as opposed to like really ignoring the woman's role which is mm -hmm. unfortunately not 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 at all atypical for a historical book um but you know like maybe i'm not that interested in this movie if it's just about these two guys and how their lives are affected like she's yeah. the one who's going through something here but apparently the movie is quite well done and does oh. actually she actually has um you know has some inner life and it does do a fairly good job of showing her how she is impacted by it she's not just like a little prop that's nice like yes because yeah. you know if this movie if that came out like a few year, uh, a few years ago it probably would have been that she's probably. just a prop yeah yeah that's cool I'm, yes. uh, I'll have to tell uh, my partner about that. If you're interested in historical films, it seems to be uh, a a one that might be worth <laughs> checking out. A bop. <laughs> Not a movie it's be a, a bop. bop. <laughs> yeah, anything can be a bop. Oh, okay. <laughs> Get with See, it. I'm just not into the hip slang. <laughs> I don't know. Me neither. It's called a movie, a bop. <laughs> okay. Okay. Move Our on. next one, another movie. <laughs> and um, another movie starring some very big name stars. Namely, have you, you, you've heard I this heard one. of this one. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully. Lady Gaga. <laughs> I say it like that too. Lady Gaga. <laughs> Just FYI, we are saying it wrong. That is yeah. not how you're supposed to say it. There's um, the wrong it's, emphasis. It's fun there. to say it that way. Yeah. Um, her and then also Adam Driver, mm -hmm. who is in all sorts of really great indie movies and was also Kylo Ren in Star Wars. So mm -hmm. he's got range. Um, <laughs> he has the say. range. <laughs> And also great fashion is what you can find in this movie is my understanding. So what movie slash book is it? It's called The House of Gucci, a sensational murder. Sensational story of murder. It was a sensational murder, but this is a sensational story of that murder. Murder, Madness, Glamour and Greed by Sarah Gay Forden. Uh, the sensational true story of murder, madness, glamour and greed. <laughs> Okay, on March 27th, 1995, Maurizio Gucci, heir to the fabulous fashion dynasty, was slain by an unknown gunman as he approached his Milan office. In 1998, his ex-wife, Patrizia Reggiani Martinelli, nicknamed the Black Widow by the press, was sentenced to 29 years in prison for arranging his murder. Did Patricia murder her ex-husband because his spending was wildly out of control? Did she do it because her glamorous ex was preparing to marry his mistress? Or is there a possibility she didn't do it at all? The Gucci story is one of glitz, glamour, and intrigue. Um, it sounds so interesting. It does sound interesting. Beautiful people behaving badly. Ah, yes. yes. <laughs> high fashion, high finance, and heart-rending personal tragedy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it was interesting. That's like I said, the one that I have heard about. 
And it was so interesting reading the behind the scenes of not reading that, you know, like TikToks and things like that, where they're showing sure. the behind the scenes. And is it <laughs> is Anne Hathaway in that and Jared Leto as well? I don't know if Anne Hathaway is, but Jared Leto is for sure. Yeah, because he, yeah, he very, be. very interesting because they were, they would do things out of character and in character to like try and break people. It, not break like physically, just like <sighs> get them out of character. Right. It sounds like it was fun. <laughs> okay. Um, is that, we've got, we've got two more. Okay. This one is The Last Kingdom by Bernard Corn Cornwell, not just Corn. <laughs> Uh, this is the story of making of the making of england in the ninth and tenth centuries the years in which king alfred the great his son and grandson defeated the danish vikings who had invaded and occupied three of england's four kingdoms the story is seen through the eyes of utred a dispossessed nobleman yeah, I've never seen that name before. Who is captured as a child by the Danes and then raised by them so that by the time the Northmen begin their assault on Wessex at Alfred's kingdom and last territory of the English hands, Uhtred almost thinks of himself as a Dane. He certainly has no love for Alfred, who he, whom he considers a pious weakling and no match for Viking savagery. Yet when Alfred unexpectedly defeats the Danes and the Danes themselves turn on Uhtred, he finally he is finally forced to choose sides. By now he is a young man in love, trained to fight and ready to take his place in the dreaded shield wall. Above all, though, he wishes to recover his father's land, the enchanting fort of Bebenberg by the wild northern sea. <laughs> it's just like all these words where I have to look at it and be like, how am I going to pronounce it? Uh, this thrilling adventure based on existing records of Bernard Cornwall's ancestors depicts a time when law and order were ripped violently apart by a pagan assault on Christian England, an assault that came very close to destroying England. That sounds super interesting. I don't know why, but also Vikings are just cool. It's They are cool. And yeah. once again, this is another British series. Yeah. <laughs> it's called The Last Kingdom is the name of the series, the TV series. Mm. And I think there's like a bunch, like six se seasons. So, well, they're British, so they call them series, but there's a bunch. So, um, you know, if that description intrigued you, not only can you read a bunch of books, there's also a bunch of um, very, you know, like Vikings fighting, doing yeah. interesting things. <laughs> That's nice, though, especially when you can jump into, like, a lot of the adaptations are so new. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of nice that you can just jump into it and you've got so much to watch. Yes, that's a good point. I, we kind of did either movies, that's like a one and done, or else I was doing, I picked a series that they were on my list because we had, like, the most recent mm -hmm. we had just got the most recent season and I was like, oh, we already have the first however many. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this last one just makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> I have not watched the show. I should watch it. But I have read these books many times. Um, I consider them amazing classics and phenomenal reads. Um, what am I talking about? James Harriet. <laughs> so great. Are you familiar at all? Or do you have no idea what I'm talking about? No idea. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> It's not like he's well known. I'm sure he's more well known in in Britain, but okay. So 
the series is called uh, is called All Creatures Great and Small. Okay. Um, and the the books are actually I think he has four, but we have I guess one of them where it's collected two together. Okay. All Creatures Great and Small: The Warm and Joyful Memoirs of the World's Most Beloved Animal Doctor, James Harriet. Delve into the magical, unforgettable world of James Harriet, the world's most beloved veterinarian. For over 40 years, generations of readers have thrilled to Harriet, Harriet's marvelous tales, deep love of life, and extraordinary storytelling abilities. For decades, Harriet roamed the remote, beautiful Yorkshire Dales, treating every patient that came his way from smallest to largest and observing animals and humans alike with his keen, loving eye. Um, in this one, it starts with the, when he's quite young, the young Harriet, as he takes up his calling and discovers the realities of veterinary practice in rural Yorkshire are very different from the sterile setting of veterinary school. Some visits are heart-wrenchingly difficult, such as one to an old man in a village whose very ill dog is his only friend and companion. Like, yes, heartbreaking. Some are lighthearted and fun, such as Harriet's periodic visits to the overfed and pampered Pekingese Tricky Woo, who throws <laughs> parties and has his own stationery. And others are <laughs> inspirational and enlightening, um, such as Harriet's recollections of poor farmers who will scrape their meager earnings together to be able to get proper care for their working animals. From seeing to his patients in the depths of winter on the remotest homesteads to dealing with uncooperative owners and critically ill animals, Harriet discovers the wondrous variety and never-ending challenges of veterinary practice with his humor, compassion, and love of the animal world shine forth. They're just heartwarming. Yeah. Like if you're if you're an animal person at all and you haven't picked these up, you will it's enjoy time. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you I can you will enjoy it. They're just just nice stories. And mm -hmm. and it is it is like interesting historically to read about um the veterinary practice and it is interesting as well like when it is a working animal and how do if you don't have a lot of money how do you decide what you're willing to spend money on and when do you kind of cut your losses and yeah how to navigate that it's they're just really really great um highly recommended and apparently the series is very good as well so yay <laughs> you can that also watch really that good. and uh yorkshire has a special place in my heart as well in general so highly recommended on all fronts <laughs> yeah we had some good ones i think i'll just run through the list of the things that we've we're doing good for time so okay. i'll just list off the ones that we've done previously um so some more recent adaptations uh, that we wrecked were heartstopper by alice osman i believe yes. no exit by taylor adams the essex serpent and the white tiger we also did um um what's the the underground railroad was that yes and yeah. we also did the um six of crows but i don't think it was six of crows yes it was shadow and bone shadow and bone thank you shadow same author bone. same universe but yeah so those are some of them um yeah. that being said i'll wrap us up uh Great. thank you everybody for watching and we will see you all in two weeks don't forget to like comment subscribe all that good stuff and uh you know, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you and check out our show notes. Of course, it's www.tvplofftheshelf.com. And yeah, we'll see you all sometime soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.